Testing, testing, three, two, one. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Welcome to this week's episode of Gin and Beer. I am your host, Meg, and tonight, once again, I am joined by my boyfriend, Harry. Evening, all. (laughs) And we have come together tonight to talk about the wines of Santorini, which, for those of you who who are not aware, is an island off the coast of Greece, because we recently returned from a very miraculous holiday to the island of Santorini, and unbeknownst to us we weren't even entirely sure that we were going to be able to go on the holiday it turned into quite the wine enthusiast trip so i thought that it was worth dedicating basically an entire episode to wine so that's what we're going to be talking about today we also had some very notable beers and cocktails on the trip that i think will make up a separate episode and in that episode i can probably discuss just the logistics and craziness that ensued in trying to even make it to Greece during the global pandemic. So for those of you who are interested in the travel aspect of it, stay tuned for another episode. But there's a lot to talk about with Santorini wine. So we're going to be dedicating this entire episode to that. So for those of you who aren't familiar with Greece or maybe just aren't familiar with Santorini. Santorini is an island off the coast of Greece. It's about, I believe, a two-hour ferry from Athens, although we flew direct from London Gatwick Airport. And it is an island that is basically formed because of a, of a volcano. So there is a... Um, there's a volcano, and it's there's it's the entire island is kind of called the caldera. There is a volcano that is still it's dormant, um, but the last time it erupted was I believe 1950 or 1954 or something like that. So quite recently, in the grand scheme of things, and when the volcano erupted a very very long time ago, the once singular island turned into it. It basically filled the crater of the volcano with the Aegean Sea. And so you get a couple of different islands, the main one being Thera, which is Santorini, and it is shaped kind of like a crescent, uh, like a croissant. And then you have the main volcano in the middle. I believe there's another little volcano. There is an island called Thracia, I believe is how you pronounce it, um, that only has like 250 inhabitants or something like that. So that's kind of the, the you know, geography of Santorini. It's a very fascinating place to visit regardless. <laughs> Bless you. Excuse me. Regardless of what your interests are. And one of the reasons why I'm telling you this is because the fact that Santorini is a volcanic terrain makes for incredibly interesting wines. So we had the opportunity to go on several different wine tours, both guided and self-guided on our trip, and we learned a lot about the wines in Santorini. So like I said, the terrain is very volcanic. I think in terms of holiday makers, a lot of people go to Santorini, go to Greece in general because they want the white sand beaches and the gorgeous backdrop. There's absolutely the gorgeous backdrop. 
when it comes to Santorini, I personally think that Santorini is the most beautiful place in the world that I've ever been to. It's certainly the most beautiful place in Greece. However, it's not known for its white sand beaches because it is a volcano, effectively. the It is very much coarse black sand beaches, and that makes for a very interesting terrain for wine grapes to grow. So we learned about the different types of grapes in Santorini while we were on our trip, and the first and most prominent the grape that Santorini is known for is called Assyrtico. Assyrtico is a white wine grape. Um, this is from a website that I can add in the show notes, but it says it yields a bone-dry, steely wine that has deliciously concentrated citrus aromas mixed with an earthy mineral aftertaste evocative of the volcanic soil of Santorini. So I will say that having tried a lot of the wine, first of all, it is a white wine lover's paradise in Santorini. Harry t- ha- happens to be pretty much exclusively a white wine drinker. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. <laughs> so you correct. we could not have picked a better place to go on holiday for Harry. And yeah, Assyrtico is a white wine grape and it is, it is citrusy. It's got lots of lemon in it, but it also has this, they, they say in Greece, they are always on about the minerality and the minerality is basically just this, it, it just tastes kind of like soil, but not in a bad way. It's salty. You can just tell where it's come from. So the way that they harvest the Assyrtico is they protect it with these basket-shaped crowns that are called kulara. And the crowns are basically grapevines that they grow and grow. And as they're growing and aging, they wind them into this basket. Um, It's this round kind of thorny vine basket that they put and they put the actual Assyrtico grapevines in the center. And this basket has two purposes. One, it protects the grapes from the harsh climate in Santorini because there is a lot of sun. Santorini is also incredibly windy, as we learned when we were on holiday there. And also, the basket creates this natural irrigation because in the morning in Santorini, there is always this very thick natural fog. And when the fog comes over the island, it kind of sits down into these baskets and gets caught in the grapes and that acts as the the irrigation. So the winemakers and the wine producers in Santorini don't actually have to irrigate the Assyrtico vines, they are naturally irrigated by using the Kulara baskets and by the natural fog on the island. Another really interesting thing that we learned about Assyrtico and all of the other grapes on the island of Santorini is that they are widely resistant to grape disease. So I think it's phylloxera, if I'm not mistaken, was the disease that killed basically all of the grapes and vines um, throughout Europe. It is resistant to that because that um, that disease can't grow, or sorry, cannot um, exist basically in Santorini. So a lot of the vines in Santorini are hundreds of years old, which is really, really interesting and crazy when you see them that they're that old. The other two super common grapes in Santorini are called Idani and Ethiri. So that is what we learned about the grapes in Santorini. Harry, do you have anything that you would like to comment about our experiences learning about them? The grape Assyrtico makes up 75% of the grapes 
on the island. Oh, right. Okay. Well, he's right. And then, as I said, the other two are Idani and Ethereum. And around 80, 80, between 80 and 85% of the white variety of the grape is a Sertica. Yes. There's not a whole lot of red, as I said. It's a white wine lover's drink. We did try... We did try some red wines, but I, well, I will say the red wines that we tried were not bad by any means, but they weren't memorable to me compared to other red wines I've had in my life, whereas the white wines in Santorini were exquisite. So those are the grapes. Moving on to the wines that Santorini is known for. So there are three wines that are considered Santorini classified wines. These are protected designation of origin. The first one, and probably the most common, is called a Santorini wine. So Santorini wines are made up of 75% or more Assyrtico, which is the grape that we were just talking about, with the remaining being either Idani or Ethiri or a mixture of the two. And Santorini wine is typically not aged in oak. So we tried a lot of Santorini wine when we were in Santorini. The second type, which happens to be my absolute favorite, is Nicteri. This is a wine that is traditionally made at night, and it is the same composition as Santorini in the sense that it is 75% Assyrtico, um, 75% or more Assyrtico, with the remaining Idani or Ethiri. But the difference is that Nicteri must be aged in oak for at least three months uh, in order for it to be considered Nicteri. And I believe Nicteri means night, and the, the reason why they call it that is because they used to harvest the grapes in the nighttime in order to avoid the harsh temperatures, but the main thing that distinguishes it from Santorini wine now is that it must be aged in oak for at least three months. Uh, Nicteri, like I said, it's my absolute favorite of the wine that we tried, the wine varieties that we tried in Santorini. It often behaves like a red, so when we did a lot of the tastings, a lot of times the um, the tour guides at the vineyards would say that Nicteri can be, it, it can basically hold its own if you were to want to drink it with like a, a, you know, dark meat, um, sorry, a red meat steak. Um, so dishes basically that you would typically eat with a red wine, Nicteri actually kind of holds its own. Whereas Santorini wine is typically eaten with white fish, with more salty cheeses, things like that. The third type of wine that is a Santorini classified wine is Harry's favorite, and that is Vincento. So Vincento is a dessert wine. It has to be at least 51% a sear to go, and effectively the grapes are sun-dried, so basically they're turned into raisins for 12 to 14 days, and then the Vincento is aged for a minimum of two years in oak barrels. It's also a requirement that Vincento must have a alcohol percentage, an ABV of at least 9%. So like I said, Vincento is a dessert wine. It's got kind of a ruby, um, caramely color, and it, it tastes very caramely. You can taste lots of raisins, plums, apricots. Very, very, very sweet, extremely sugary. It is delicious, which is, you know, and the sugariness is why it's Harry's favorite. But one thing to know is that while it's a dessert wine, it's not fortified wine. So fortified wines like port 
are they're called fortified wines because they have a um, some sort of alcohol added to them, you know, a spirit added to them in the process. Whereas Vincento is strictly um, it's strictly grapes, but it's just that they're sun dried for twelve to fourteen days. But the fact that it is uh, not a fortified wine is why the the alcohol percentage is actually typically less than that of a normal glass of wine. Whereas if you drink port, port is much much higher in alcohol content. Harry, would you like to say a few words about Vincento? It's like drinking raisins. That's how I would describe it, with a hint of caramel. It reminded me of the little packet of raisins you got, the little red ones with the sun-made raisins. Do you remember them? I thought they were American. I thought you'd have known. No, I was never much of a raisin fan. Well, it was... Anyone with half a brain listening will know what I mean. Um, And, yeah, that with some nice dark chocolate, it was lovely. 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 No, it is good. And, yeah, I will say, actually, you bring up a very nice point that um, we're going to go through basically a list of the wineries because we were lucky enough to visit about nine or ten wineries over the course of our eight days in Santorini um but the we and we had a lot of Vincento between the wineries that we visited and also trying some Vincento when we were out for dinners as like a basically like I said a dessert wine the one that stuck out to me was we went to the wine museum in Santorini, which is really famous, and they brought out Vincento at the end, but they gave us a piece of dark chocolate, which none of the other wineries did. And that dark, I mean, I'm a massive dark chocolate fan, but that dark chocolate completely transformed that Vincento for me because it kind of cut you know, the bitterness of the dark chocolate and then the super sweetness of the Vincento, and it, they paired very well together, and it was just... I'm always going to remember that taste, and I wish that, as much as I enjoyed that, I wish that the other wineries would have given us a little taste of dark Mm. chocolate to go with our Vincento. Yeah, that winery as well, they also had a dessert wine that was a mixture of white and red grapes. It was also very good. Yeah, they did. Was that the Nama one? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, their dessert wines were very good. So is there anything else that you would like to say, Harry, about the grapes or the types of Santorini wines before we move on to the wineries? Uh, viva la Vincenza. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Point. Now moving through the wineries that we visited on the trip, should we go through starting... I mean, should we go through basically in order, starting with the tour that we did? Yeah. So we did a tour through the company Get Your Guide. I believe, you know, I just found it from like a very basic Google search. So the tour actually started, we had to meet at the meeting spot at like half 10 in the morning. Um, so it was quite early to be on it with the wine. But we met at a spot that was probably a 10 minute walk from our hotel and we got into a van with the tour guide and went and picked up. There was one other couple on our trip who happened to also be from London. And um, for those of you who are wondering or concerned, we did wear masks in the van and blah, blah, blah. It was fine. But 
basically the idea of the tour was that we paid, I think it was 120 pounds a person. And we went to three separate wineries. And I think the tour advertised that we would have 12 wine samples over the course of the day. Um, I think it was and so I think what the tour advertises is that it would be 12 wine samples, three wineries over three hours. I think it ended up being more like 18 wine samples over four hours. We still went to just three wineries. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, as you say, I think we can both agree that we sat in the car with the fellow um, tour participators was uncomfortable. It smelled a bit. And it was unpleasant. They were rude. And then and then we picked up the other couple and it was fine. Hilarious. <laughs> so funny. Um, anyway, so yeah, so we got picked up and we got taken to... Our tour guide was um, very knowledgeable, very friendly. I honestly can't remember his name, unfortunately. Pedro. Um, nope, not even remotely a Greek <laughs> name. And the first winery that we went to is called Estate Arier. I'm going into my French Estate Arieros. Um, so this is one. Of, I think it's one of the biggest and most popular wineries in Santorini. I think it was opened quite recently. I mean, probably within the last ten years. Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. There you go. And it has a very modern look to it in terms of the actual building where you go sit and do the wine tasting but first they kind of showed us some of the um the grapes and stuff like that and the the buildings where they do the producing they also had a cool little room where you could see them testing the wines because they have to test the grapes to make sure that the percentages of everything are correct before they can bottle it um so that was quite interesting and then we sat down and did the tasting um, the tasting came with a food spread. The couple that was with us while they were super lovely, they were not as like aggressive about eating the food as we were. Like they had no problem just leaving some food uneaten. But I was like, I'm getting my fucking money's worth with this uh, shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we tried three different wines. I think we tried a, an Assyrtico. A Donnie. An Idani, And then a Vincento. I don't think we tried any red wines at that winery, or maybe we did. Um, but anyway, really nice experience. I don't actually have that much to say about Estate Arieros. It was probably my least favorite, but that's not to say anything bad about it. It was just kind of the least memorable. Yeah, I remember sitting down and... I remember it being... We, like, we, we got the wine, and it was just... I remember thinking it was quite bitter, it was sour, it wasn't very sweet. And that was enough about the company. I then tried the wine. Okay, how many more times are you, <laughs> how many more times are you gonna make that joke? Well, every time I get an appearance on the show. Anyway, but you've made it twice in this episode now, yeah, so I'm not getting it. I'm not appearing again. <laughs> I don't get a fee anymore. Anyway, so yeah, that was a state Arieros. Like I said, really nice winery. I definitely recommend visiting. The, the, the winery itself is gorgeous. It's in the middle of what they say is the wine road in Santorini, which is just a road with lots of wineries. I don't really know how to say it more eloquently, but there's loads of different wineries that are on this kind of stretch. 
Um, and we had rented a car, so we were able to go to quite a few of them. It was actually own. a straight road, but once you'd been to a few wineries, it became wine. That's not funny. I we did not drink that. and drive. <laughs> I want to make that very clear. Um, so, yeah, that was the state Arieros. The next one that we went to was Gavalas, Gavalas Winery. So Gavalas Winery is a, it's, it's quite a stark contrast to Estate Arieros. Gavalas Winery is a family-owned winery. It's been in the family for five generations. They make 10 different types of wine, and they only make 80 bottles a year, which is quite a low yield for that winery, for a winery in general. 80 bottles? Yeah. Are you sure? It's on, literally on the very front of their website. So... Uh- I have purchased one eightieth of what they make a year. And giving it away. Yeah. I'm going to reclaim my <laughs> bottle from my brother. I'm going now. So it had a very. It, it's it's got a much more. It, it's in I believe Megachlory. Again, I'm absolutely butchering all of these words. So if anyone speaks Greek, I sincerely apologize. But it's in it's in this very historic. Um, you know, ancient part of Santorini. And like I said, it's a family-owned winery. So you got to see the very old-school, traditional ways that the wines are made. And then again, same story. We sat, we had some food. Um, and the wine from Gavalas that was most memorable to me was the one that we ended up getting your brother. It was a... Was it, it, was a San, it was Santorini wine. So that, that yeah. means... So it means that it's 75% of Sierra de Co. The rest, a mixture of a Donnie and a Theory, and it's not necessarily aged in oak barrels, but what stands it apart, not that you should, you know, judge a, a wine by the bottle, but it's a blue bottle, and it's quite pretty, so once they drink it, they'll have a nice mm-hmm. blue, and it also just says Santorini in big letters, so it's quite a nice souvenir to buy. Yes. In terms of the Santorini wine, I thought the reason that a bottle could have Santorini on the front was because all the grapes in it were made well, not were, that, were grown on the island. Yeah, but that's it. I'm talking Santorini is actually a type of wine. Okay. Yeah. So if you're saying like a bottle of Nicteria can have Santorini on the bottle, I'm talking about Santorini wine. Okay. It's the same as me saying like, oh, I'm talking about, you know, Chenin Blanc. Like it's a type of wine. Okay. Um, so that was the the Gavalis winery. The, the other thing that just kind of came to my head, worth mentioning, um, I don't have the exact numbers in my head, but one of the big things that we learned on the tour and in general is that the Santorini grapes yield far, far, far less wines than other grape varieties and other wineries because it's so difficult to survive in the harsh conditions on Santorini because they have extremely hot summers they don't get any rain it's extremely windy like i said they need to use the kulara baskets to protect the grapes so any of the wine you know gavalis winery it's a very small winery but yes they only make 80 bottles a year so it just goes to show you how special the wine is so after gavalis winery the final winery that we went to on the guided tour was Vinet Santos Wines, which is, again, a very, probably arguably the most famous winery on the island. And that is because they produce a massive amount of wine, but also because it's built into the caldera. So you enter the winery and you can kind of see 
the different machines and stuff that they use to make the wine. But then you go out onto the terrace and the terrace is kind of built into the rock. Um, so you, you have stunning, stunning views of the caldera and the sea. And it was very, very windy the day that we did it, but it was still a really nice experience. It was, it was windy, but also boiling hot. And again, I will say, I don't remember the food platter at Gavilus Winery being particularly memorable in the sense that I can't really remember it. There was one. No, I know there was one, but I just don't remember it being anything mm. to write home about. But the Vinette Santos one, I remember devouring all of that food. That was very good. Yeah. And I want to say that winery, we, we got between six and eight wines to try when we were only supposed to have 12 on the entire trip. Yeah, so. that was also the winery that we did the um, feedback survey at. Yes. <laughs> Make of that what you will. I'm, just, I'm so glad that my listeners got to be <laughs> privy to that knowledge. I'm just saying... So anyway, as Harry said, we gave our feedback. That was the end of the guided wine tour. So I will say, if you are any sort of wine enthusiast or if you just like wine or want to learn more about it, I probably couldn't recommend it enough. Yes, it was expensive, but first of all, you have a designated driver, so you have someone driving you from winery to winery. We ended up meeting some really nice people. I learned more about wine on that tour than I ever have probably in a single day and the wines were high quality the food was good um in the end no regrets so if you are going to Santorini or to be honest if you're going anywhere that has any sort of quote-unquote wine scene I think I'd definitely recommend booking a similar tour why do you have that look on your face Mm -hmm. just waiting to make another joke about the bitter company or something ridiculous so anyway, those were I the... I remember going to a bitter company. Oh, stop I think it. that's on the beer episode. Those were the three wineries that we went to as part of the wine tour, and then we kind of spent the rest of the trip doing our own personal wine tour. So the next one that we went to is Santo Wines. So I actually went to Santorini in 2018 with my family long before coronavirus was a twinkle in any of our eyes or respiratory systems. And we visited Santa Wines. I'd been there before. Santa Wines, again, massive winery, very similar to Vinette Santos. It's also um, in similar part of Santorini with stunning views of the sea and the caldera. And the nice thing about visiting Santo Wines is that they do wine flights. So you sit with a really nice view of the sea. And, and take then... off. Sorry. Why do I invite you <laughs> on this? They do really nice views of the sea, but they and then they do wine flights. So you can order a wine flight based on your interest. You can do, they do like a stunning whites. They do a red wine flight they do a mixture they do one that's all aged or like i think i did an oak oak based one so you can and they do six wine and is it six and nine of the different ones that they use and so you can you know pick how much you want to drink the wines come in standard pours of 50 milliliters so 50 milliliters is a shot in the uk and it is just under a shot or just over a shot in 
the U.S., so it is not a lot of wine um, per taste, like, in terms of per glass. But what they do is they bring you the flight. They also bring you little kind of, like, breadstick nuggets that help you cleanse your palate and olives, which are delicious, and that come with the flights. And then the, you know, server, sommelier, whatever, will explain the wines that you've ordered. But then they give you a booklet, and the booklet explains to you, you know, the breakdown of the grapes in the wine, whether it was aged in oak, uh, and then the food pairings that it goes well with. And then they kind of just let you crack on with it. And I felt like that was kind of a welcome break for as much as I love having a guide or having someone walk you through and say, now this is 75% of Syrtico and it's been aged three years in Oak. And I enjoyed that being able to just sit just the two of us and just kind of at our own pace, try the wines, flip through the book, look at the view. I quite enjoyed that. Yeah. It was different to the tour. Um, I wouldn't have liked them all to be like that, but I, no. I was grateful not to have anyone telling me the same information again and again. Yeah, because I, I do think that that, and, you know, it's us being a little bit greedy, but I do think that's one of the things that we experienced, like, after, because we did the paid wine tour and because we did that on, like, the third day of our holiday, by the third day of our holiday, as far as, like, tourists go and not having any sort of career in wine, we were probably about as much experts um, Santorini wines as anyone could be. So, again, you know, this is me being a bit greedy and picky, but visiting every winery and having them explain to you, like, oh, and Assyrtico was able to survive the harsh conditions of Santorini, and they wrap it in these baskets called Kulara. It just gets to be a bit repetitive. Still really enjoyable, and having it said to me seven to ten times meant that I'm actually able to remember it enough to discuss it on this podcast. But with that being said, visiting a winery and just being able to kind of try the wines at our own pace and kind of like we were doing our own home wine tasting, except for the fact that we had this incredible sea view next to us, it was kind of a refreshing change. So that was Santo Wines. We actually visited it twice. And the second time, I did the oak-aged flight and got to try a bottle of wine that I have sitting in front of me called Irini, which is going to be a special occasion bottle for us. I feel like when you buy a bottle of wine in on holiday, it ends up being like you just never end up actually drinking it because you can never find an occasion that you think is worthy of it. But anyway, this was one of the best glasses of wine I've ever tasted. And the description is as followed. As follows, Arini was the first label for a bottled PDO Santorini wine of Santo Wines. Today, we revive this name for the most exceptional wine we've ever produced. 100% barrel fermented Assyrtico was aged for 18 months in Vinsanto barrels. So this means that, as I said before, Vinsanto wines are required to be aged for a minimum of two years in oak barrels. That means they aged a Vinsanto wine for at least two years in an oak barrel, emptied that barrel, and then filled it with this Assyrtico wine. Intense aromas of ripe lemon, honey, chamomile, sage with suggestions of white and black pepper. The oily, silky texture is balanced by the acidity that adds freshness and structure. Flavors of lemon tart and dried orange peel open to reveal layers of dried apricot with a spicy, creamy oak finish. So this is 100% Assyrtico, so no other varieties. Oak fermented and aged for 18 months in Vinsanto barrels. And it is delicious and... 
I don't really know what occasion is going to be nice enough for us to open this, but I'm very excited that we brought it back. Aren't you, Harry? Yes, yes. It's it's a nice bottle. It is. Um, the name is, oh, if this correct, is Irene. That's I-R-I-N-I. Irene. Not Irene. So that was Santa Wines. So the next winery that we alluded to when we were discussing earlier was the wine museum that we went to, which was incredible. So it's so Giannopolis is the name of the winery itself. Um, and the wine museum, again, it was really fascinating visiting all of these places in the midst of a global pandemic because the way that the wine museum is set up, either they're ridiculously overzealous or they're used to getting a much heavier crowd than what they got because you basically enter through this grand entrance and then there's this massive kind of area outside the actual museum where there's like loads of public restrooms and a place to sit and eat in the shade which just gives you the idea that they must have truck and truckloads of people in the normal season but that was we were one of like two other people in the museum at the time but it's, like, it's like waiting for a ride at disney there's there's signs from the car park to yeah. the front door saying there's a hundred steps to the entrance 80 steps to the entrance, 60 steps to the entrance, and then you get to the entrance and you find out why. Just some of the um, models, what are they called? You know, the people in the museum. Oh, the like wax figures the, and stuff. Yeah, but they're not, they're not wax. They are just... They are so bad, it's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> you well, you get, you're getting a bit ahead of us. So. I think of Madame Tussauds by probably a four-year-old, and you're probably hitting the bat the mark. Okay, but before, before we get to that, so basically you walk in and you pay, what was it? It was something dirt cheap. It was like 11 euros a person or something. Yeah. Or like 15. And so you pay that amount and you're each given a audio tour thing. So it's like a little thing that you hold up to your ear. And it's like a class. If anyone's ever done an audio tour at a museum, you just do the classic. You walk up and you see a number and you press the number on the audio tour. And then it gives you the history. And the wine museum basically walks you through the, the entire history of Santorini from a wine perspective. So, you know, who discovered the that the grapes in Santorini were good for making wine and all the different various ways that production has involved from the different machines that they've used. And um, you also get a history of that family's winery in particular. But as Harry said, there are kind of figures in all of the exhibits, some of them being animatronics, although I think it's a bit of an insult to Disney to call them animatronics, but they are all very... But okay, with that being said... Yes, the figures are terrible, and they've got weird eyes and weird body shapes and short legs and long arms and all that stuff. But with that being said, they like that museum must have cost like a million euros to build when it, yeah. whenever it was built, presumably in like the eighties. And, and I, I, yes, I was harsh. I do owe an apology because I accidentally said that they could have been built by four-year-olds. And I don't think that's fair. I'd like to make an apology to all the four-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. 
Anyway, you are just, it's like I've, well, I have given you a mic, but it's like I've given you a a stand-up slot tonight on my podcast. But anyway, so... Yeah, but I so I will say like you you know you laugh at the at the figures and we certainly did and took lots of funny videos in front of them and all that stuff. But uh, like at the end of the day, and you have to admit because we were in Santorini for eight days, we probably drove past that museum twelve times. Every time we drove past it, you were like, "Oh, that was good." Yeah, it was. I look, I'd go again now. I'd go again tomorrow. I'd go again the next day. I, I thought the figures were just. Top quality entertainment. Yeah. But anyway, so you finish the museum and then you go and you get a tasting. And we... Did we get three wines plus Vincento or three wines including Vincento? I can't really remember. Three wines including Vincento. Yeah. we got two dessert wines. No, we... No. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it was three... Because there was an orange wine that was really good. There were three, like, regular wines. Yeah. And then two dessert wines. Yeah. So it was five wines. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's not three wines, including Vincento. Oh, same thing. No, it's really not. But anyway, yes, yeah, so there, well, there was... You said two in Vincento, so I said three in Vincento. But it was four in Vincento. I, I didn't want to make you seem that wrong. Anyway, there was an orange wine that I honestly can't remember, like, the, the details on it. I'm sure Sirtico was somewhere involved, but it was that was really nice. There was a red wine that I don't even think you could no, stomach. No, um, But the, then, they, again, they gave you those little bread nuts for cleansing your palate. But the, this was the place where they gave the um, dark chocolate to go with the Bensanto and that that was a highlight for me of our wine tasting experiences and then the wine museum itself has a really nice gift shop with lots of knickknacks if you're looking to get gifts for your friends yeah I have to say the the dessert wine actually at that at the wine museum to be honest the one that wasn't Bensanto I would be able to drink more of that than any Vincento because yeah. it had what three red the three red grapes yeah. and two white grapes. It was a bit drier. It was, than, yeah, uh, yeah. Vincento is pretty much a one and done. Yeah, where that I could have one bottle and be done, <laughs> and still not be done. So that was the wine museum. The next and my personal favorite of all of the wineries on the trip was the Art Space Winery. So Harry and I pulled up to the Art Space Winery. So as is in the title, it is a art space. So it's an art gallery and it's also a winery. And the funny thing is we walked in and it was a really elderly Greek woman. And like I said, you know, effectively everywhere on this trip was empty everywhere we went because it, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. We walked in, and I think there was one, like, tour group or something there. Besides that, it was just us. And we just said, oh, are you doing, you know, wine tastings? And she said, yes, please, you know, wait over here. And this woman came out, and she was like, you ready to do the tour? And she took us on this extensive tour of the 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 art gallery slash winery. So you get to see the old school tools that they used for macerating the wine there's a room where they used to make the nicotiri in the middle of the night and like step on it with their feet but then all of these rooms and caves are filled with art that's made almost exclusively by greek artists a lot of them from santorini and the art was absolutely stunning i think there was one artist that she said was 
um, did art for like the Olympics or something like that. Oh yes, the um, you made like it's like bronze sculpture thing. Yeah, for the Olympics. So the, these are really famous artists in in Greek in Greece. If you're looking to visit Santorini and you're someone who enjoys going to art galleries, you know, I mean. I, personally, I can't think of anything better to pair art with than wine. But even if you aren't a wine fan, I would recommend going just for the art alone. I'm not really that much of a... I appreciate art, but I feel like a lot of times it goes over my head. But I really, really enjoyed... And we're just walking on this tour and you just turned to me and you were like, so is this free? And I was just like, I, I presumably, because surely she would have, you know, given us some sort of... Um, given us a rate before before just taking us on the tour and then after the tour we probably spent I mean what would you say like 30 to 40 minutes walking through and looking at the art and going into the different rooms and it was nice and cool while it was hot outside and then we went and she gave us a private wine tasting and I think we ended up trying eight wines was it yeah we tried eight wines and that cost I think like 14 euros each or something ridiculously cheap. It was insane. You get you get to pay, you get to decide how many wines you want to try. But she, um, I think she really liked us and she gave us wines that I think they don't usually do on the tastings, including this other one that I have sat in front of me. So this is the Nick Thierry. Um, it doesn't have the fancy label describing it that's on the other one. But I'm just very... So it's a Nick Thierry. Um, it's an unfiltered. It's from 2013. I'm just obviously really excited about it because, like I said, Nick Thierry was my favorite wine that that we discovered in Santorini. And um, I, I found that I really like oaky wines. Like, I'm, I'm very much like an oaky Chardonnay person. And Nick Thierry is aged in oak barrels, so I really appreciated that. But anyway... This woman was ridiculously kind. You know, we learned a lot from her, not just about wines, but about, um, you know, the impact that all of the tourism was having on the island of Santorini before the pandemic hit and how, you know, I think obviously their economy is hurting without all of the tourists, but I think the environment there is is taking a, a much, much needed break, which is good. So it was nice talking to someone who's grown up in Santorini. I think she said she moved to Santorini when she was a little girl and so she you know is is effectively raised there and she was really kind and at the end she gave us some like ouzo and stuff and we just had a really good time it felt really authentic it felt really genuine you know I think that she was obviously pleased that we bought a bottle of Nicteria at the end of it but I certainly don't feel like she was rolling the red carpet out for us just because she wanted us to buy things like it felt like she just liked us and wanted us to have a nice time and for that reason, it was by far my favorite winery that we visited in Santorini. Any thoughts on art space, Harry? No. Um, I, I, I'm just someone who doesn't really... I'm not a huge museum or art person. But there was one artist, Roberto Gagliardi, who caught the eye. <laughs> or rather, his paintings caught the eye. Because they were in, they they almost looked three D mm. on the page. Um, I'm not going to lie. If you squinted, they did look like you might also made the sculptures at the wine museum. <laughs> um, but you know, if you take it, if you've had a few glasses of wine, then it looked good. 
but yeah the um, other than that the it was uh, yeah it was my second favorite after the wine museum mm. so you said you're not you're not a museum or art gallery person but a museum and an art gallery were your two favorite wineries in Santorini yeah it's amazing what wine does to you yeah yeah all right, so we're down to the last three wineries that we visited. Um, Any distraction from the company. Oh, my God. So the one that we went to immediately after Art Space Winery, it's right around the corner, and it's called Volcanic Slopes Vineyards. So this one is... I thought this one was actually your favorite. Oh, yeah, this was my second favorite. Then the Art Space was number three. So this one is actually a sister winery to Estate Eros. And very similar to, and it's only been open for a couple of years, I think seven years or something. I think it was like 2013 yeah. that it opened. Similar to the Art Space Winery, we walked up and there was kind of an older man standing there and we were just, you know, you feel a bit awkward because you're not even sure if places are open. And we were just like, oh, are you doing wine tastings? And he was like, yep. And he said it was, what was it, 40 euros a person, mm-hmm. which compared to what we were paying for... The other one, you know, I think we spent, like I said, like 14 euros a person or so, or 12 euros a person at the last place. It felt steep. It felt steep. But then we got told it was a vertical wine tasting and it all made sense. Well, it wasn't, no. So, first of all, neither you nor I knew what a vertical wine tasting was. And. Wow. <laughs> Second of all, I think it was because he said it comes with food and we we're like, all right, fair play. But we went in and sat down. So, Volcan- like I said, Volcanic Slopes Vineyards is the sister to Estate Arieros. I think they only make, they've only got like three wines or something like that. It's very low yield what they have. Yeah. And the, um, you know, the winery itself, the building is built into an old, what are they called? Like cannabis? Yeah. yeah. They're, they're old like cave houses where... Um, winemaking families used to live way back when that they've kind of converted and it, it very clearly looks like an event space for like a posh wine tasting or like a wedding or something it was really nice but it's this like massive dining table that looks very very smart that he sat us down at and it's literally just us and him and as Harry alluded to, it was a vertical tasting, which neither of us had ever heard of or done before. And what a vertical tasting is, is you taste the same wine, but you taste it through different vintages, so different years. And the one that we, it was an Assyrtico wine that we did, but how many, did it go back to 2014, 2013? 13, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, do we even do all the, or I feel like it... It we, skipped every yeah. couple of years, I think. Um, I feel like it was like 13, 15, 16. There was definitely 2017. Yeah. I think 2017 was the most recent. But anyway, that I've never done anything like that. I've never had the opportunity to do anything like that before. And I found that really interesting because you have no idea how dramatically... How, dramatic, how dramatically a wine changes when it's been aged for longer. It was also interesting to see the first one he gave us, the 2017 had loads of sediment in it. Like you swirled that in the glass, which we became pros at doing over the course of trying all these wines over the, over that week. And there was loads of sediment. Like it literally looked like someone dumped like sea salt in the wine glass. Then in the 20, you know, 15 glass, there wasn't any of that. It was crystal clear 
And then a couple years earlier than that, you had the sediment again. And I don't know if it was just that particular year or, you know, I don't know what the science was behind that, but I found it fascinating. Yeah. Uh, and what was it? I think the 2014 was my favorite, if I remember correctly. Yeah, like you were 13, I was 16. Yeah. But it was, again, you know, like I said, we walked up and it was 40 euros a person and we were a bit hesitant. But actually, in terms of a unique, again, kind of similar to Santo Wines, like Santo Wines we had. And I mean, the art space was unique in the sense that we also got like a private art gallery tour. But Santo Wines, you get to sit down and we can actually just like have a chat and we can taste the wines as quickly or as slowly as we want. With this, it was the unique opportunity to actually do a vertical tasting, which is something that I've never done before. So I would highly recommend that. The next one that we went to was, again, I'm going to butcher this, Artemis Caramelegos, which is closer to the beach um, in Santorini. And this was on, I think, our last day, basically, that we went to this one. And very similar story. We rocked up there. There was a cleaner that was, like, vacuuming things. And we were like, oh, my God, are they even open? And then we went down, and the woman sat with us, and we chose a wine tasting with food pairing. And I will say, I think the food pairings with that one were the best of the ones that we had. Yeah. Um, there were there was a cheese that was absolutely amazing with the wine, but... Um, again, it did become, you know, this was our eighth day in Santorini. So the same spiel on Assyrtico and, you know, Santorini wines are 75% Assyrtico grape and all that stuff, um, got to be a bit repetitive, but the wine, we didn't buy any wines there, but the wines are really good. The woman was lovely. At the end of the trip, she actually gave us this wine book, like wine guide to Santorini that she had to recommend a couple other final wineries for us to go to. Um, just felt really friendly and authentic and the wines are really tasty and it was a beautiful restaurant. Yeah. I would say if, if you were going and you only had time to visit one, then it, that one would certainly... It wouldn't disappoint. Yeah, yeah. it does the job. Yeah, it's not like we sound like, oh, no, Pleasant. fine, but it was actually lovely. Like yeah. I, I certainly would not say not to go there. And then the final, I guess we've done this in kind of an anticlimactic order, as in the order that we did them yeah. in. But the final one was Hatsi Daki Swinery. Um, the interesting thing about th this is actually recommended to us by the woman who was at the winery before this one. Um, the interesting thing about this one is that it was family owned and the father had died, I think like six years or seven years ago. And the, the children had, um, you know, picked up the pieces from him and carried on with the winery, which is quite a sweet story. And they had a huge banner dedicated to him in the winery. Um, this winery was a bit more difficult to find, but again, um, in terms of, you know, our last place to visit, it was, it was probably a bit anticlimactic in, in the sense that it was, you know, it, the, the guy who was giving the wine tasting was, it was very rehearsed and it was kind of the same stuff that we had heard. But with that being said, the guy was lovely. He was very talented. It was ridiculously cheap again. I think it was like 14 euros a person. Um, and it just, it just came with like little, you know, breadsticks and cheese or something like that. It didn't come with like mm -hmm. a full on food plate. Um, but the wines are really tasty. They had some dessert wines that weren't exactly Vincento. That was where we had like that Nama yeah. one or something like that. And like I said, yeah, people were really nice and the, um, the wine was good. We didn't buy one there either, but like you said, you know, 
if you're going to go and do one, you wouldn't be going wrong by going there. That is for sure. Uh-huh. And those are all of the wineries that we visited in Santorini. So just as some, as some closing remarks, I think that if you are visiting Santorini, definitely don't sleep on the wine aspect of it. Um, I, like I said, went with my parents in 2018 and really enjoyed Santo wines. But I, while I do think that Santo, Santo wines was perfect for my family at the time because it was me and my parents, my sister who was like 19 and my other sister who at the time would have been 11, I believe. And so for, you know, two girls that weren't really drinking, being able to sit as a family and look at the sea and just kind of drink wines at our own pace. But our sisters, you know, my sisters didn't really have to feel like they were just like sitting in a winery on their holiday when they aren't drinking. It was perfect. But for you and me, if we had two nights in Santorini and could only go to one winery or whatever, I actually don't think I'd recommend Santo wines just because I don't think you're going to learn as much about the wine. Yeah, well, if you want to go and have just a nice experience, you're not too bothered about learning the history well, of yeah. the great blah, 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 then I'd guess Santo wines or the, what was your one called? Vinette Santos. Yeah, yeah. Much, a bit of a, much of a muchness. Yeah. But they're both nice. Um, but then if you want to actually learn about the different grapes etc then I'd say um, actually to be fair the one the first one I went to was, yeah, was yeah. quite good well, for that it's, that's different though because it's on that was on a proper tour like I have no idea what it's like I mean, I would just recommend going on a tour if you're remotely yeah, interested. But, yeah. I mean, like, Santo Wines, again, like, when you and I did the flights at Santo Wines, he did, like, give a really good explanation. He was yeah. really chatty. But the thing is, is that when I went with my parents when it was more crowded and coronavirus wasn't a thing, I don't remember getting this, like, amazing spiel mm. because they were more crowded. So I think that's just something to keep in mind. But... Yeah, if you're more to keeping to yourself and you don't really want to chat to someone else about wine, I would definitely recommend Santo Wines. I mean, if you have the opportunity, if you have the opportunity to go to more than one, I think that Santo Wines should be yeah. in your list. But um, yeah, just for a more intimate experience, Art Space was incredible. Um, the The wine museum is also good. Yeah, if you want a little distraction other than the wine, I'd say art space. Or yeah, the because wine it's more museum, like a day like, out as well. Good. Yeah. And I, I I will say the souvenir shop at Santo Wines was incredible. Yeah. That's where we got a lot of souvenirs, and we also got our Arini wine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are the wines of Santorini. I hope that you guys have enjoyed this episode found it informational i definitely didn't know that the wine in santorini was this you know interesting and unique so i've certainly learned a lot if you have any questions please feel free to reach out like i said stay tuned for the coming weeks where we will probably do an episode about the beer and cocktails and travel experience that we had in santorini that we weren't able to cover today if you have any requests for drinks that you would like discussed on the show please reach out by email, ginandbeeratshow at gmail.com. 
on Instagram at Jen and Barrett Show, on Twitter at Jen and Barrett Pod. I am doing weekly drink tutorials. The most recent this past week was a gin basil smash on my Instagram TV every Thursday. Please share those if you'd like to come on the show and talk about a drink and be the next Harry so that I don't have to keep asking him to come back. Please reach out to me. Any Anything you'd like to add, Harry? Good luck. <laughs> my appearance fee's going up in future if I'm not allowed to crack the same jokes. All right. Well, with that, thank you everyone for listening and we will catch you next week. Ta-ta. Evening.